T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Welcome to Overnight America with Ryan Recker, sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts, michaelsflooringoutlet.com. On the voice of St. Louis, KMOX. It's that time of night, you can't stay up tight. So come and join the people and I'm feeling all right. Be run over not America. Over not America. Ooh, it's always good to hear Doug and Donna during that last hour. So good. Uh, you know, this is my last show of the week. I'm going to be off tomorrow night. Aww. Well, not for me. I mean, I'm actually going to enjoy uh, taking a night off. But Brad Young will be in tomorrow, and I know he's got a big show planned for you, and he's still working on some other things that I think will be pretty exciting. So make sure to join him tomorrow night. I'm going to be off on Sunday night again, too. We're going to put a best of together. So next couple of nights, if you want to reach us, this is the time to do it. Something you may have heard, you want to comment on, or something that you haven't heard, this is the great time, uh, the best opportunity for you. 314-436-7900. Two things I want to bring up. The one is the Mark McCloskey, and I heard Sean bring this up right at the top of the hour news here on KMOX, and you can find the story on our website at KMOX.com. Mark McCloskey explains interest in U.S. Senate race. People like our message. And he heard this, and this is part of the quote that you heard as part of the news. The Constitution has been trampled on under the pretext of COVID-19. Um, and sure, I think about the McCloskeys taking a stand when the mob came to their front door. And that's a not an easy thing to do. Is it a smart thing to do? I don't know. I, they were outside. They were witnessing this, and they saw people coming in after they know people have got violent, even to peaceful protesters. And this is the night that uh, the the Catholics were in front of the art museum over on Art Hill there doing the rosary because they wanted to protest and say that, no, we don't want this statue to be torn down, this uh, work of art that's out here. And we had people show up and start punching these Catholics. It was pretty terrible. They had to retreat because of the violence. So the next day, you see this same uh, mindset, the, the protests continuing. They go break down a gate that uh, separated the private to public area and now they were on private land the private uh, road and they're out there witnessing this and they're saying we're not going to take it so they make that stand they became a, a national name because the photographs were just so i mean the photographs alone 
were pretty sensational and amazing. And a lot of people had a pretty polarizing look at it. You could definitely look at it and say maybe their gun safety is lacking, but at the same time, totally sympathize with the idea that you are going to show that you're not going to uh, be taken as lightly and you're not going to be made into a victim and made it very clear that we are here and we're going to defend ourselves. Very vocal on this sort of thing. I think that when you see that it was used and politicized and you had circuit attorney Kim Gardner even dismissing dismissed from the case because she was fundraising on her prosecution of them goes to show that it was a political prosecution. So they're out there. I mean, they really fought the fight. I mean, they fought it good. They were out there and they really made the stand. So is that what they're going to make it on? They're going to say, this is what we believe in. And I'm, we're not afraid to take a stand when the mob came to our front door. We were there to say we're not putting up with it. That could be something. I, you know, I don't know, based on their past, Mark McCloskey, I think the Post-Dispatch did an article on him, and they talked about all the different lawsuits that he was involved in in the past, would probably be a detractor to a lot of people. I don't know how serious he's taking this. I think the name recognition's there nationwide. It's going to be very difficult with some of the other options that the Republican Party will be putting together in Missouri. You also have the former governor, Eric Greitens, which is a kind of a tainted name in itself. But you also have something similar. You saw the mob come to him, but he backed down and that's but uh, now making his way back. Then you have, um, you know, you got you got a couple of people that will be running here for Senator Roy Blunt seat. It'll be an interesting runaround. It's going to be a wild one here in Missouri. I just don't know what the stable candidate would be. I have no idea. I'm sure there's people listening right now that would be more than happy to vote for Mark McCloskey. Maybe they, I don't know, would they be excited to vote for Mark McCloskey? Would they look at that and say, this is the guy I want, period. I don't want anyone else. I wouldn't consider anyone else. Is it there? Is that sort of support there? I just don't know. Another story I saw from Fox 2 is that President Biden is considering extending the child credit up until 2025. During Donald Trump's office time uh they changed the tax code and they did all kinds of different things that actually tried to simplify it and really benefited an awful lot of people one of the things was they took the child credit the if you're having a if you have a child a dependent you get used to, uh, before you used to get a thousand dollars credit onto your taxes as part of the you know having a kid as a dependent which was a nice little bonus during trump's tax cuts they made that one thousand two thousand dollars and then now, because of COVID, uh, Joe Biden and part of their COVID spending made it so that that $2,000 went up to $3,000 or in some cases, $3,600. So added an extra $1,000 or $1,600. And the idea was for at least this year, what you could do is get that money early. So as opposed to waiting to file your taxes in 2022 for your 2021 taxes and then claiming it then and getting the bonus, they said, what we're going to do is just start sending out checks. I think originally they said they were going to start sending checks out based on the difference. So you would still be able to file your regular, um, uh, when you filed your taxes, you still be able to get that child tax credit. However, the additional money that would have been above and beyond that based on the COVID package, that's what they'll start sending to you on monthly increments. Depending on how many kids you have and depending on the age, the number could vary. The what the check would be monthly. If anything, it's almost a dry run for universal basic income. And that's where I think what they're trying to do. So this is the leads us to today. The tax credit, they wanted to extend that extended tax credit, the enhanced one, until 2025, which means for the next additional couple of years. 
And I'm going to guess the reason they're going to do that is they're going to try to make that into a monthly check, a monthly deposit, in addition to anything else that you may have as a benefit, which to me is universal basic income. That's what they're advocating for. Now, considering that we just spent all these trillions of dollars and we're already wondering, um, are we going to have to pass another one in the future? Are they going to just keep sending money out the door? Are they just going to keep throwing it out and throwing it out? It's just it's, it's socialism in a way where they just say, we want you to be dependent on the government. They want to get you in that mindset that you have to be dependent on them to take care of yourself, even when the economy improves, even when they're still trying to spend the last package, they're out there looking at it. I don't know if they're going to do another package or not. I think the economy is doing much better. It's in a much better position than when COVID first hit and everything got shut down. However, there's still a lot of local governments that have way too many restrictions that are still hurting specific businesses like restaurants. Some states like California, just still terrible. And so they got uh, a few things to work on there. But with more people getting vaccinated, that's a great sign. Do they really have to do this? That's the big question. Do they really have to do this? And if the answer is no, they don't really have to do this. There's other priorities that they need to face, like, you know, potential in housing, big crisis of people that are about to get evicted, things like that. Do they really need to put more money into this or spend another stimulus package or whatever? If anything, they're just trying to find ways to get you more dependent on the government. And that's scary. That should scare you. We'll take a break. Uh, We'll be right back. It's Overnight America, KMOX. Work or play? KMOX is right there with you. We go where you go. Saw this text message about a tweet I put out yesterday. It was regarding a loaf of bread. Do you eat the end pieces of the loaf of bread? I don't, primarily. There's times when I do. I mean, if we're close to being out and I want to leave the good pieces for my wife or my son, I'll eat the end ones, but not in a sandwich form. I like to make toast with them, you know, things like that. If it's, if it's made for something else, but I was shocked to find that roughly 57% of the people that responded in this online poll eat the end pieces of the loaf of bread. You know what I like to do is I like to just take a knife and slather a little peanut butter on it, fold it over and give it to the dog. Let the dog have some fun with the end pieces. That's like a nice little treat, but not me. Uh, so I was in the no category of that I primarily don't eat the end pieces. And I was shocked to find that most people do. That was surprising. So someone texted in about the loaf of bread and that poll, which is amazing because that seems to be the type of thing that most people identify that type of, that type of content on the show the loaf of bread and the end pieces. I, you know, I see even talking about them right now, I'm not even that, it doesn't even sound that appealing. I don't feel like I need to go upstairs and do anything with it. And I, this has got some pretty good reaction on my social media. I said, cheers to anyone who had to pull down their license plate to fill up their gas tank. I don't know the last year, a car that was made where you had to, you know, uh, because I wouldn't have known this existed if it wasn't for my very first car. I had an 83 Chevy Caprice Classic, and I remember going into the gas station to fill it up for the first time, and I had no idea where the gas tank was. It, I was, I, I had to go in and make a phone call to my parents who were back home, and, hey, where's the gas tank at? And they had to say, oh, it's on the back. You have to flip down the license plate. So that's what I did. There was a little spring-loaded action license plate. You flip it down, and that's where the gas tank was or at least where you would uh, fill up the gas. And it made me wonder, why don't they make cars like that anymore? That was such a cool little trick to go fill it in the back. It's been there forever. And it also reminded me when I got my first car at 16, 
that the cars look so much different. Even if you go back 10 to 15 years, if you're in the 1990s, the way cars were designed in the 90s, completely different than the way cars were designed in the 80s. But today, if you bought a car that's 10 years old, it looks almost exactly like the cars that are on the road today. It almost looks like new cars. There hasn't been much in the way of new design for cars. <laughs> it's a weird thing. And if you go back to the, I guess, 80s and go back 10 years, the designs of the 70s and 60s were different than the 80s. But we just, I don't know. Have we just not evolved much when it comes to car design? Uh, makes you wonder, I guess. I'm not a big car guy, so I want to know. Um. One person texted in, Ryan, a better question is, what do you call the end pieces of the loaf? I've heard heels, but I call them bread butts. <laughs> Thanks for the text message, Ethan. I always call them the end pieces. That's it. They're just the end pieces. I've never heard them referred to as the bread butts. You know what's going to happen tomorrow? As soon as my son wakes up, I'm going to ask him that question. What do you call these, the end pieces of the loaf of bread and when he doesn't have an answer i'll say you know ethan last night text messaged into the show and said he calls them the bread butts and then he'll laugh and my wife will give me a dirty look and she'll say why did you just say that to him that's what he's going to tell other people and then it's going to reflect poorly on our household when he goes out there and says that to the wrong person he's going to be in church on sunday and he's going to say that to someone and they're going to say how did you hear that and then it's going to make us look bad this is the guilt trip my wife will put on me but it'll be worth the laugh. <laughs> but that show business, baby. I saw on Fox 2 a story about the shootings on the highways. What a terrible transition, by the way. Uh, so Fox 2, they did this piece where they were talking about all the violent crimes that have been happening on the interstates. In 70, it seems like there's been so much crime on there lately. Let me play this for you. This is the ninth interstate shooting here in our area in recent months, leaving some drivers on edge. Nine shootings on the interstate. I think they said in the last seven months. That's way too many. Louisville City Police are investigating a late night shooting. A teenager was shot while driving on Interstate 70 in North St. Louis. The shooting happened in the eastbound lanes of the interstate near Goodfellow just before nine. A 17 year old listed in critical condition and the gunman is still out there. I, I got to be honest, when I drive on 70, don't bother being in the fast lane. You want to know why? Because there's going to be someone else that's flying by you at about 100 miles an hour, and you don't want to mess with them because you hear stories like this. People are absolute nuts. Just last week, a woman died after being shot on Interstate 70 near the Madison exit north of downtown. Ugh. No arrests have been made in the case. Authorities say the recent crime on interstates in St. Louis City and County raises serious concerns, and the violence has some drivers scared. It, it hurts my heart, you know? You know what I'm saying? Because uh, it might be me. It's standards, man. You know, hey. Yeah. Stop me if you've heard this before, but North St. Louis having issues with crime and, and it's still being an issue to this day, not being resolved. They go on later to talk about the highway patrol and ask of support. So Chief Hayden asking, hey, could you uh, help patrol this? But you really don't see a lot of police patrolling the highways. And I think that's why you see. Maybe in spurts, you'll see a police officer there for like a two-week period, and then they'll disappear. Mostly highway patrol comes in for a little bit. It's scary. It, it, the, just, it's not even just 70. It's all the highways in St. Louis. Anyone I've ever driven on, always you see absolute craziness out on the road. It's uh, enough to 
it's enough to make you want to say to yourself, why in the world is this still going on after we've had all these problems? All right, joining us after the break, brain researcher Dr. Russell Leibovitz on the early warning signs of Parkinson's, explaining that and some of the research they're doing to try to help solve that problem. Coming up after the break, a look at your weather too on Overnight America KMOX. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Get ready for the cards and Cincinnati Reds Friday night. Ammon pregame show 620. First pitch 715. Here and here on your voice of the St. Louis Cardinals. KMOX. Welcome back to Overnight America. Joining us now is a brain researcher talking about some of the early warning signs of Parkinson's disease. Dr. Russell Leibovitz, thank you for coming on to KMOX. Thank you for having me. And I'm curious, what year or what age should you start looking for signs in an individual? Well, that's a great question. Parkinson's itself begins to appear in people in their 60s, but we now know that it has a long incubation period. So the earliest signs might appear in people in their late 30s that early and then at any point after that. So maybe you can talk about Parkinson's. What is it and how does it affect the body? Sure. Parkinson's is a disease mainly of certain regions of the brain that control movement. And so the, when people think of Parkinson's, sort of the classic signs are people who are, who were otherwise normal, who start having shaking or who find themselves that their motions become very stiff. So in the full blown form, that's sort of the classic form of Parkinson's, but Today, maybe we can talk about some of the earlier signs that would eventually give, give someone a sign that they're on that path. Yeah, and I think when people think of Parkinson's, probably they think Michael J. Fox. That's one of the most uh, right. well-known cases. Absolutely. Uh, he yeah, it, is, yeah. I know some, a colleague in radio that uh, later in life, you know, just in the last couple of years, uh, started showing symptoms and was diagnosed with Parkinson's. And, uh, you know, so one of the things I learned, because you think about Michael J. Fox and the different movements, and he was telling me that the movements are 
a byproduct of the medicine you take. And he was telling me that I, I, some things I never really knew about Parkinson's. And I think that when all you know is a celebrity that may have it and you kind of see the outward signs, you really don't know much else about it. All you do is see the shaking and you think, okay, that's all there is to it. Yeah, it's a double-edged sword in that you have a problem, you take a drug, the drug helps to solve that problem for a while, but it can cause other problems. So you, you start with having a problem moving, and the drug, which works very well for short periods of time to help that, over time starts to cause unwanted movements, and that's what your friend was talking about. So when we start talking about this, do we really know why someone would start showing signs? Is there anything that triggers it or is it just something that happens and we have no idea why? No, I'd say that now we have a pretty good idea of what happens. And what we've learned is that Parkinson's, all patients with Parkinson's end up with a protein, a normal protein in their brain called alpha-synuclein for a variety of reasons, undergoes a conversion where a small amount of that normal protein misfolds. It converts into a misfolded form, and that misfolded form takes on two new powers that are not particularly good for us. The first is a small amount of misfolded alpha-synuclein in the brain has the power to convert large amounts of normal alpha-synuclein into the misfolded form. So it sort of causes a chain reaction. And the second is, unfortunately, the misfolded form of alpha-synuclein is bad for brain cells. Over time, it damages and kills them. And it turns out that the misfolded alpha-synuclein is particularly problematic for cells in the brain that control movement. Hmm. So is there a test for it early on where you could tell if that process is going on in the brain? Yeah. Until recently, the misfolded form of alpha-synuclein in many ways is identical to the normal form. It has the same structure. It's made by the same gene, but it just has a different shape. And the reason we're talking today is research done by my colleagues at Amprion, which is a company developing a test to measure this misfolded synuclein specifically. Uh, we now are offering a test that can detect misfolded synuclein, and the presence of misfolded synuclein really indicates that one has Parkinson's uh, uh, and other or other related diseases. Yeah. yeah. So it's almost like the, this is like a chain reaction. So if you start to see it early on, you realize that it's just going to continue down that process. Is, is there anything detecting it early could do to help along the line or all of it? Is, is it just giving you an early sign that you're more susceptible to it and that this is what your future is? Yeah, well, what we would like to say is that in many diseases, early detection empowers, but particularly in something like Parkinson's. So the first thing is that what if you knew that in 15 years, you knew now that in 15 years, you weren't going to be able to travel anymore. You might mm -hmm. not be able to work anymore. You might not be able to move the same way. First thing is that you might not want to put off certain things. If you're putting off travel, you might want to do it earlier. The second is that knowing now when you have very few signs by detecting it early, you have the power to make changes in lifestyle, the hmm. ability to change diet. There's some data that diet and exercise might help. And third, and maybe most importantly, there are a number of clinical trials going on at any time. 
So if you have very early signs and you're still mostly intact, you have the power as a patient to say, I want to enroll in these trials. I want to not only help research, but I'd love to be part of finding a drug that actually slows or stops this. Wow. So you talk about over at uh, Amprian, and you're the co-founder, CEO, and Dr. Russell Leibovitz joining us. What's the accuracy of these tests? I mean, how well can you detect this? Oh, it's, you know, with misfolded synuclein, the way our test works, it's an amplification test. So we can detect really small amounts of this. So if it's present in even enough at very early stages, we've certainly been able to detect it in people more than 15 years prior to having any objective sign of the disease. So, you know, it it is very effective. It's very accurate. And we think that it can really play a role in helping people to make better decisions. And it can also help drug companies to develop better drugs now that we can measure who has the disease at all stages, particularly the early ones. Wow. Well, so I'm just curious, how does this work? Is it a saliva test, blood test? What do you have to look at? Well, in this case right now, the test that is the most accurate by far uses one drop of spinal fluid. And it's not the hardest thing to get, um, but with spinal fluid, you're really measuring what's going on in the brain. And so that's what gives us the advantage of being able to measure a decade or more before there are really clear signs of damage. Yeah, that's really interesting. So when you said in the late 30s, because that's where I'm at right now in age, where you can start to see some of these different signs. And you said that there's certain things that you see that are pretty typical of people that may show symptoms. Uh, What are some of those different signs that people should be looking for? And maybe you can give me an idea of what, what it would look like if you're 37 showing these signs versus 67 showing these signs. Well, let's talk about what the signs are, because the early signs, one of the problems with Parkinson's is that certainly at early stages, the the signs you have overlap with normal aging. They overlap with things that, you know, side effects of other drugs. So none of the early signs is necessarily proves that you have this. So you'll listen to this list and you'll say, oh, you know, I could have these. That just because you have these signs doesn't mean that you have Parkinson's, but these are signs that appear more frequently in people with Parkinson's. So the first is sleep disorders, but the sleep disorders associated with Parkinson's are really uh, specific. And they really, it's not so much that you can't sleep, is that when you're sleeping at certain stages of sleep, the, you start moving wildly. So people notice that they're thrashing around and hitting their partner. Some people have get up and sleepwalk, but you're moving around and what you're dreaming seems to not, it leads to motion. And so that's the first is this what we call a rapid eye movement uh, behavioral disorder. When you're sleeping, you move around. Second is just suddenly having trouble moving. You might feel stiffness. Now, of course, lots of people are stiff for a variety of reasons, but Parkinson's type stiffness, this is, it will progress over time. So stiffness and tremors, shaking. Third are voice changes. So people's voice, just it's just not as strong. It, you, you know, it sounds like your voice just is wavering. It's not as strong, partly because the motor control of your throat and your vocal cords 
may be impacted early on. Posture changes, people may find that suddenly they're leaning to one side and it's very hard to straighten up. Uh, mm -hmm. The last two are really, uh, well, the last three I'll go through. One is the loss of, of the sense of smell and taste. That used to be something that we didn't talk about all the time, but unfortunately over the last year and a half, that's now a fairly common sign also for COVID-19. Mm -hmm. But before COVID-19, it was rare that someone would suddenly lose their sense of smell, and that's associated with Parkinson's. Uh, some people find that they're dizzy or they faint when they stand up quickly. Again, that could be due to medications, but it's also a sign an early sign of Parkinson's. And last, actually the most common sign of Parkinson's for people who eventually end up with full-blown disease is years before, for no good reason, they have an onset of constipation that just starts and doesn't end, and there's no good reason for it. So hmm. what I want to point out is all of these early signs, none of them are absolutely diagnostic. And so with that alone, you might be concerned. And if you had two or three of them, you might start to have a, a concern and see a doctor. So, if, yeah, if you, you said two or three of them. And you said that it starts in the late 30s is when you could start seeing some of these where it becomes a concern. Right. And why I said two or three is all of these are somewhat nonspecific. But yeah. over time, you start to see that there's a pattern here. So clearly, if you had more than one of these, you might at least begin to ask, is there something going on? Mm -hmm. Dr. Russell Leibovitz joining us here on Overnight America. And if people wanted to learn more about this, do you have a website or someplace that people could uh, go? Absolutely, and thanks for asking. Uh, we have a website that provides a lot of information on our test, on the science behind it, uh, and on... Uh, just everything might, one might want to know about these diseases. And the site is www.amprionme.com. Okay. And one of the things you mentioned about finding out early and know that it will give you a little bit of an idea of some of the lifestyle changes or things that gives you um, the ability to make better decisions as you age. One of the things I was curious about when we go back to the Trump administration, he did something that I thought was wonderful, which was the right to try. So if you find yourself in a situation where the medical diagnosis is not so good before, you really didn't have a lot of options in some cases. But when you open up the idea that you can try more experimental or you can try some things that normally would have been turned off to you. It, it led to a possibility of at least giving you some hope. And so when you talk about clinical trials coupled with the right to try, does that really open up a lot more possibilities for people now that we know more about Parkinson's than we did, let's say, the possibilities 10 years ago? Oh, absolutely. So enrolling in a clinical trial is something, especially for a disease where there are no known cures, is something that can help the individual. It can help all of us. And so whether it's through right to try or because one has a diagnosis through someone like Amprion that says, look, I know I have this disease that might even help qualify for the clinical trial, even outside of right to try. But one way or another, the way we make advances in diseases like Parkinson's is through clinical trials. So any way that we can enhance those is good for all of us.
Yeah, you mentioned we don't have a cure yet. Is it possible to find a cure to Parkinson's? Is it something that is still trying to be developed? And how far away do you think we may be to actually having something that could treat it to a point where people can get their lives back? Sure. So as we discussed earlier, that a large part, we know one common theme in Parkinson's is this uh, this chain reaction of misfolding of synuclein. So there are a number of companies that are targeting misfolded synuclein with various drugs. And so they're in trial now and it's going to take a little time to get it exactly right. But I believe that within the next 10 years, there'll be drugs on the market that are shown to have a significant benefit for patients. And so if a drug's going to be on the market in 10 years, that drug may be starting a clinical trial right now. Wow. What's your optimism for that? What's your optimism that in your lifetime you'll see, uh, you'll see some life-changing discovery in Parkinson's? I'll be very disappointed if we don't have something that makes a difference in people's lives within eight to 10 years. Great. Amprion co-founder and CEO, Dr. Russell Leibovitz. And by the way, if people wanted to look up some of your research and the things that you're doing when it comes to testing, what's your website again? It is www.amprionme.com. So what happens? Like someone goes to their doctor and their doctor may agree, okay, you're showing some of these signs. Does the local doctor take a sample and send it to your labs? Is that how it works? Correct. And so within a few days, we would be able to tell them definitively whether they have misfolded synuclein in their brain. And therefore, that really is diagnostic of the disease. Until that point, what we've been doing, we've sort of been flying blind, even the best doctors. It's all based on clinical symptoms and clinical symptoms for Parkinson's overlap with clinical symptoms for a number of other things. So misdiagnosis, even in the best hands, using clinical data alone, just hasn't been adequate. So if we have a biomarker that says, yes, there is Parkinson's, or no, there is not misfolded synuclein, and therefore Parkinson's, it can benefit the patient immediately. So is this primarily looked at as something that insurance would cover if they went to their doctor and they had some concerns? Well, it's a new test, and the, yeah. the procedures for doing this take some time, but we are quite convinced. We have very strong data. All of our data is shared and made public. It's all peer-reviewed, published, meaning you know, all of our data is vetted by people outside of the company. It's mm-hmm. already very strong. It will only get stronger, and that will lead to reimbursement. But it's not something mm-hmm. that happens overnight. Uh, yeah. We have a, a, a yeah. We have a mechanism to make sure that things really work, and it may take a year or so. But you know, we would find a way for people who need it now to be able to afford the test. Yeah, it's something that's so new and fresh. It's pretty amazing some of the medical discoveries that have been made, and it's so fast how some of these discoveries and testing could go. And just look at everything we went through with COVID. It's amazing how the turnaround to get a vaccine out, something else. Uh, Dr. Russell Leibovitz, it's the co-founder and CEO of Amprion. Thank you so much for coming on to KMOX. Oh, thank you so much for having me. And I really appreciate your questions.
And he joins us on the Bomberito Automotive Group guest line. Real fascinating. And I know that, you know, if you know someone that has been diagnosed or someone that's going down that path or you have a loved one or a parent or whatever it is, I mean, this is something that is extremely life-changing. So to find that there are developments in that field, it's pretty exciting. Very exciting. This is Overnight America KMOX. Overnight America with Ryan Recker is sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michael'sFlooringOutlet.com On the voice of St. Louis, KMOX. Producer Mike just brought up a really good point during the break. I have never taken a nap in a hammock. What in the world am I doing with my life if I can't take a hammock nap? Every once in a while, I take a lot of naps doing the late night show. We'll do that to you. I just never have decided to go outside and take it on a hammock. I should do that. I really should. So our uh, show here for tonight is just about complete. It's uh, one of those nights. So Brad Young will be filling in tomorrow. I have tomorrow night off. Maybe I will take this time to... uh, go enjoy it in the hammock but the last couple of days the hammock if it was in the shade would have felt like it was uh, freezing cold so but either way i am looking forward to having a few nights off and then i'll be back again monday night you can join me then if you want to reach me between now and then go to facebook ryan wrecker radio that's where you can hook up with the show send me messages do things like that in the replay hours in the next one you're going to hear michael bryant he's the executive producer of the a and e series i survived a crime we're also going to talk to David Rabati. He's the author of How I Lost My Mind and Found Myself, talking about uh, mental health there. So a couple of uh, great guests I think you'll enjoy. Enjoy the rest of your night. Enjoy the replay hours. And just get me on Facebook. Go like that page. Otherwise, uh, sleep well. Find a hammock if you can. Have a great weekend. We'll see you. Bye. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.